it isn't a total shock. It doesn't take us away from that place of steadiness, of stillness, of loving, of quiet. But rather we can continue to move into acceptance in the next moment, acceptance in the next moment, and live in that acceptance. When I had polio when I was a kid, my mother used to get mad at me because I wouldn't wear the brace. I would just drag my leg and arm around with me wherever I went. <laughs> and she would get mad because I was supposed to wear my brace. It was supposed to strengthen me and support me and help me, but I didn't like to wear it. And, and so I would just do that. And that's where I began to learn this power of oneself, of accepting what is and then making the best of it and moving forward, is the process by which the soul can live in the fullness of itself in the body, have experience here, glean the information, and go on into the next experience of growth. Where a lot of people, they have an experience and they judge the experience and they get angry with the experience and they try to push the experience away and they get stuck. And no longer are they living in the movement of life, they are stuck in a moment of life. And they hold to that stuckness. They're angry with their sister. They're angry with their husband. They're angry with themselves. They're angry at the world. And they stay angry. And in that, they do not move forward in their own experience because that anger acts as an anchor and holds them stagnant, holds them still, holds them in a place of the past. But if we can stay in the moment and ever be present in the moment with the divine qualities of ourself, we can be accepting, we can be forgiving, we can be loving, we can be serving, we can be sharing. We can be all these things that are that which is God in us. And life then becomes full and we live in that fullness and we live to the completion of our own destiny. And that destiny is transformed as we live in that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord that we are. Our destinies look hard and cold and cruel and mean. And we look up to God and go, God, why me? Why is this in my life? Why did I have these parents? Why do I have this mate? And what the hell do I have these kids for? <laughs> well, not all of you say that, but I have heard that from many people. <laughs> But it is our destiny. We created it. And we are living our own creation. If we want change in that creation, it's up to us to change our creation. Otherwise, we're just going to live the line of destiny out to its end. I can remember very well learning this just recently, once again. Now, when I say that, I'm ever learning lessons. And I find that I'm ever learning the same lesson over and over and over. 
Does that sound familiar? <laughs> but I've already done this one, Lord. I've got to move on. No, you haven't learned it yet. There's more to learn. And that's the truth. There's always another level of learning in a lesson. But I didn't like that at first. I used to get mad at God. Not again. I don't want to do this again. But now I understand it better. It's just another level, another movement of awareness into the learning. So, recently, just a few years ago, my brother and I got into a little bit of a tension, a little bit of a rub. And it was all my doing, though I thought it was his fault. It was really all my making. My brother had become very obese, very unhealthy. He had a lot of, of physical illnesses, a lot of problems. And the more it got complicated, the more I was angry and upset with him that he wasn't doing something about it. He wasn't doing something. He wasn't taking charge. He wasn't taking responsibility for it. And then I got a very clear lesson presented to me about this line of destiny. He was walking his own creation, his line of destiny. And this was a part of his creation. This physical condition and all the ailments that went along with it were a part of his own creation from another lifetime that he had brought forward, that hadn't manifested, and he hadn't learned the lesson yet. So here it came on him in this lifetime, and he was living it. And here I am standing outside the line of destiny going, well, but don't you understand? You're supposed to. All the time thinking that somehow I could impart to him a truth, a wisdom, a supposed to, a change, whatever, not ever witnessing as he walked this line of destiny of his own life, anything happening other than me getting more angry with him because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do. And then one day it came very clear. Jim, let him live his karmas out to the full. Let him live his destiny. This is his creation. This is his lesson. This is his learning. Let him do it his way. Stop expecting anything other than that from him. And so I did. And the next day I began to approach him and talk to him in a totally different tone of voice. And I began to find myself coming back up here once again when I was with him. And oh my God, what a difference. And I realized something. When I would go over to his house or when I would go out to eat with him or I would be with him driving around, I wasn't living up here. And I didn't even know it when I was with him, that I wasn't living in the divine essence. I was living for my solar plexus. And I was trying to willfully impose myself on him, push myself on him force my will on him through the solar plexus. And then I was wondering why I got upset stomach every time I ate with him. <laughs> but it made sense. As soon as I had this knowing of being with him in this place, it was like night and day. And I went, oh my God, I can't believe all that time. And I wasn't aware that this was where my learning was. 
And so as I began to be with him on the phone and in person from that place of loving, from that place of the divine within me, our relationship began to change and grow and blossom into something very profound, very loving, very meaningful that it had never been before. We had had friendship, but this was much, much more. And it was okay for me to just watch him walk his line of destiny, live his karmas out to the end. And I could move into total acceptance of him as he was in the moment. And I could accept myself as I was in the moment. And I did that acceptance from this place. The first law of spirit is acceptance. Accept all things just as they are now. And forgive yourself if you do not accept it. Forgive them if you cannot accept them. And move into loving with them. So, as I did this with my brother, what I found is this. Loving between us began to grow very profoundly, very quickly. And then one day, months out, he called me. And he said, Jim, I've just got to tell you, I love you so much. And I am so grateful for you in my life. And what's happened over these last few months has been so meaningful for me. And I've learned so much that it's really beginning to change me. And he said, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm going to die a happy man. Well, two days later, he died. But he died a happy man. <laughs> I know it because I heard it in his voice and he meant it. So I know that he died a happy man. Now, he may not have been happy in the very moment before his death because of whatever that was that he went through with his heart attack. But I know at the moment of death, he died a happy man. And so I witnessed something very profound, and he was a great teacher for me, to let everyone live their own life. Let them live their own experience. Let them learn their own lessons. And if they come to you and say, well, what would you do? Share from your loving. Share from the spirit of the divine in you. Don't share from your willfulness, from your ego, from your force, from your demand, from your belief systems in the world. Share from your loving. And move into acceptance of who they are and just allow them to be who they are. And then say, and you know, if, if I was in this situation, I might approach it like this just to see what might happen and see how they take that or however you want to share. And you'll find that your life is a lot easier and their life is much more free to be lived out in its own way. And you might even see them begin to change and transform. I've witnessed it now many times in my life, prior to that time with my brother and all that, and after. So, what is the message of this little talk? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's one of them. Mind your own business. That's it. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Mind your own business. 
Another one would be to realize that what you might be looking for in the world isn't in the world, it's in you. You brought it in the world to be discovered. You brought it into the world to be fulfilled. The soul is the creative expression of God. God created the soul. And as the soul came into creation, it came forward as a creative expression. And it is up to each of us to learn how to be creative with all the qualities that is God in us. To be creative lovingly and joyfully, peacefully, gracefully, abundantly. To be creative and to be divine and to live that in its fullness and to be multidimensional in your awareness. Not to be caught up in just this one dimension of the physical material world and believe that this is all there is, but to truly have experience multidimensionally so that you know yourself as soul, you know that you are divine, you know where your soul resides, and you know where you're going when you leave this physical body, and you know that you're not this physical body, but you're using this physical body as an opportunity to understand more the creative principle by which the soul can come into the divine knowing of itself. And that isn't found out in the world, and that isn't found in books, and that isn't found in this classroom in a lecture. That is found by sitting down and going inside and being still and concentrating, contemplating, and meditating. It's going within. Be still and know that I am. Be still and hear the small voice of God. Be still. It's being still that the knowing of the inner truth comes present. And for many, that is the hardest thing, being still. We're used to being busy in the world. We're used to doing things in the world. We're used to getting up and going and accomplishing and fulfilling. Or going out and getting others to accomplish and fulfill for us. Whatever that might look like. And so sitting down and closing our eyes and being still can be frightening. It can be challenging. It can be difficult if we set ourselves to make it that way. But it also can be an opportunity. And that's what I invite you to look at. To look at it as an opportunity. An opportunity of experience, of discovery, of coming into the knowing of your own inner truth. Who are you? Who are you really? Are you this body? Are you these emotions? Are you this mind? Who are you? Or is there something more? And if there is, how are you going to know that? How can you really come into the knowing of that? Be still and know that I am. So it's by being still, closing your eyes, 
stilling the body, stilling the emotions, stilling the mind, and rising above all of that, and ex begin to experience the truth of who you are. Now, what I found for myself is that it didn't work quite that way. That I could still the body, and I could quiet the emotions to a point, but boy, I couldn't still the mind. The mind just keeps going and going and going. I think I've got that Duracell battery that just will not die <laughs> in my mind because it does not stop. It's like the little rabbit ever going over every hill and every place. And so I found that instead of trying to still any of this, it's just rise above it. Rise above it and as you rise above it and you begin to wake up above the mind, the emotions, and the body, all of it begins to still. All of it begins to become quiet. And what happens is, it's very interesting, when all of a sudden you begin to have experience at these higher realms of spiritual being, of spiritual presence within yourself, the mind goes, what was that? What are you doing? What's going on out there? What was that experience? I want, I want to know what that was. And all of a sudden, the mind starts looking up too, wanting to know what's going on. Well, you know, that was better than anything I found down here. Let's do that again. How did you get there? What did you do? And all of a sudden, the mind becomes a partner with you rather than your enemy trying to get you to go back out in the world. But it takes time. It takes doing. It takes practice. Now, for some, it's immediate. It's quick, and for others, it's days, it's weeks, it's months, it's years before they get there, depending upon what you have put between you and the Lord. What have you put between you and the Lord? Well, I've got some fear, judgment, anger, anxiety, frustration, fear, anger, judgment. Oh my gosh, i got a lot of stuff going on in there. And it keeps repeating. Well, one is stop repeating. Stop doing it the old way and start doing it a new way. Start doing it in loving and joy, forgiveness and acceptance. Be grateful for everything that you're experiencing. Be grateful for where you are right now. And choose to live life in an attitude of gratitude an attitude of loving, an attitude of accepting. And begin to live from this place, the seat of the soul, where true loving resides. Not the romantic, emotional, worldly love of the heart of the heart chakra, but the spiritual heart, the spiritual loving that resides here at the seat of the soul often called the third eye, the spiritual eye, the single eye. If thy eye be single and open, you shall be filled with light. And so it is. We want to open that eye. We want to open it and begin to look up to the highest and begin to see the highest. See the realms of spirit. See your own soul, your own inner light. And in that, move into that and begin to see the face of God. It's there. It's just right there. 
And all we have to do is look. And yet, how often will we do it? How many times do we say, well, okay, I'm going to meditate tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock, and I'm going to meditate for an hour, and then I'll start fixing breakfast and getting ready for work and getting the kids off to school and everything at 7, or whatever that might be. And so we set the alarm, and the alarm goes off, and we wake up and we go, oh, oh, oh boy, just another few minutes, hit the snooze button, it goes off 10 minutes later. Well, uh, just another 10 minutes. Half hour has gone by now, and we finally start to wake up, and we think, okay, well, I'll get up now. And we look and we go, well, we lost a half hour. I don't think I can get anything done in a half hour. I get, I'll just start the day, and I'll, I'll meditate tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. We've said that not just this lifetime, but the last lifetime and the lifetime before. Well, when I have enough money, when I retire, when the kids leave, when, 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 that's it, when. But someday, tomorrow, we're ever making the excuse. Thank God, God is patient. God is willing to wait as long as it takes for you to come back home from where you came. You came from the heart of God. You came from the realms of spirit into a material world to have experience. And God is ever waiting for the prodigal child to come home. And he's ever looking down that road from his place high above, looking for that soul to come back. Well, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow they'll be here. I don't see them coming today. God's patient. Maybe next lifetime. Well, maybe 40 lifetimes from now, they'll come home. But God is patient. And it's really up to us to make a choice as to when we're going to go back home. Well, but you know, Jim, I've been such a terrible person in this lifetime. And, you know, I must have really been a terrible person in the last lifetime because look at this life. Look at what I got. So I must have really been a bad person in the last life. So, you know, I've got a lot of things to clear up. I've got to get God to forgive me for all these things. I've got, to, I've got a lot of mea culping to do before I can go back home to God. Well, guess what? God lives by the first law of spirit himself, acceptance. He accepts you just as you are right now. And in that process of acceptance, immediately forgiveness is done, and immediately you're in his loving. Immediately. There is nothing that you can do that can separate you from God, except that you continue to look away from him, continue to look into the world trying to find him. Repent. Turn back toward. Turn toward the light. Don't turn away from it. Turn toward it. And the light is right here. Turn toward your inner light and find that that is the spark of the divine, the spark of God inside of you. And once you've discovered that, then you will know that you and God are one.
And then you can begin to travel the ray of light that is coming from that divine spark that is love, that is ever focused on God. And you can travel consciously back into the very heart of God and be one in one with God while you're right here. And you can be multidimensionally conscious. You can look up and see God. You can look up and see angels. You can look up and see your brother. You can look up and see your own soul. And you can look down and out and carry that essence of the divine in all that you do, wherever you go, with whomever you're with and live multidimensionally, spiritually, holy, and complete. And so tonight when Brian was sharing that meditation, it brought all this back to my memory of what it is to be multidimensional and how it is I got to where I am and how you too can be that if you're not that already. Don't seek the world. Don't seek things in the world. Don't seek things in the psychic world. Seek God first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given unto you. Once you go to soul and you wake up in the soul and you know yourself as soul and you have a question, you just go up here to your own soul and the answer comes. You have to go nowhere. You don't have to look it up in a book. You just are in the flow of knowing, of being. And the wisdom, the truth, the knowing of all is there for you. It's just up to you to be open to receive, to allow, and to be in the flow of that. I can remember when I was in eighth grade and we were in a science class and the science teacher was really upset with us. And so he says, I'm going to have a pop quiz right now. Get out your papers. And so everybody's getting out their papers and in a little bit of a panic. And he says, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask one question. And if you can answer that question, you don't have to take this quiz and I'll give you an A on it. And if you can't answer the question, you've got to take the test. So he asked this question about a particular tree and a fruit. And I'd never seen the tree and I'd never, never heard of the fruit. But I raised my hand <laughs> because I knew I could get the answer. I raised my hand and I looked up at the same time and I was the only one that raised my hand. And he called on me and he said, okay, describe the leaf on this tree. And I did. And he says, well, what is the fruit like? And I described the fruit. And he says, well, where did you see this tree? I said, California. And he says, well, that's where I saw it too. Okay, well, you don't have to take the test. And everybody turned to me and got so mad. <laughs> But they had to take the test, and I didn't, so that was fine with me. And uh, that was just the living proof that this is so true, that all we have to do is connect in to where all is known, multidimensionally, 
if we can be multidimensional in our consciousness, it's all right there. So I invite you to begin a process, if you don't do it now, to contemplate. To concentrate, contemplate, meditate. To move into an action. Not reaction in the world, but action into the inner, where you can begin to know the divine. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And one day, you are going to wake up and when you do, you will realize you never left the heart of God. You just looked away. You just looked away. And all you have to do is turn around and realize where you are. You're in the heart of God. You're in God's loving. You're in God's presence right now. I know that. I know that for myself, and I know that for you. Because when I look there, you're there. We're all there. We never left. But some of us looked away. Some of us looked out. And got caught up in what we saw out there. And God's patient. God's wonderful in that. He'll wait for us to eventually repent, to turn back towards and live in the knowing that we never left. So thank you all. And I'm glad to be back. <laughs> it's fun. And I will see you all next Tuesday. God bless. <laughs>